Welcome to Advocacy for Inclusion's Supported Decision-Making Podcast. This podcast series is made possible through the generous support of the ACT Office for Disability. I'm Rob Donnelly. I work for Advocacy for Inclusion. We're a Canberra-based community organisation advocating for people with disabilities. We also report on broad issues that have an impact on people with disabilities across Australia. In our very first podcast, we reflected on how many decisions we made between getting out of bed in the morning and getting out of the house. We saw decision-making is a constant business in our lives. It's an activity that's almost as present as breathing. In this podcast, we're going to explore another one of life's largely unseen constants. It's present in a surprising number of choices that we make in our day-to-day life. It's a constant that reminds us that there are always uncertainties in life. We don't always know where choices will lead us, or what the flow-on consequences might be. We can't be 100% certain that a choice will result in success. The experience of that unknown and the risks that are connected to that unknown are an unavoidable part of life. In this podcast, we're going to look at risk in the experience of supporting a decision maker. So, let's begin with where you are right now. How many risks have you taken today? My riskiest behaviour was probably getting behind the wheel and driving my car. I drove carefully, but I had no control over what other drivers might do. Drivers get distracted, they answer their mobile phones, turn around to yell at the kids, run red lights, turn a blind eye to signs, and act irrationally in states of road rage. Cars get sideswiped or tail-ended, damage injury, and even death then follow. As soon as I got in my car, there was a risk that any one of those events could happen, and I could do my utmost as a driver in avoiding or minimising risk, but for all that, there's a limit to my power to make things safe. Later, I bought food from a cafe, This is another situation with a lot of variables that I had no control over. I had no control over how well the workers in the shop paid attention to their personal hygiene. I had no control over how fresh the food was, how well their refrigeration worked, or whether there were vermin lurking in the shadows. I needed to eat, and at a glance the cafe looked okay. I bought the food and the truth is I barely noticed that I was taking a risk. It was probably safer to just stay in bed this morning and sleep, but a quick and thoroughly reliable internet check suggests 12.5% of people who die, die in their sleep. So even sleep is a risky business. If we stop and think about it, It's almost impossible to imagine what a risk-free life would even look like. 
Every decision we make is likely to have some kind of risk attached. Risk connected to personal vulnerability, possible failure, the judgment of others, unexpected change, physical, emotional or psychological injury, maybe even that ultimate and final risk of death. If we stop and think too much about the risks in our day-to-day -day lives, we might end up frozen in one spot, not daring to do anything at all. But even staying in one spot can have risk. Cue a lightning strike. And being kept in cotton balls is fine as long as you don't have a cotton allergy or get smothered in the close confines that were intended to keep you safe. A risk-free life is an unattainable myth. If we want to live, then we have to face and negotiate risks every day, and we do. Sometimes it's a conscious business of weighing up risks versus benefits and thinking through strategies to minimise those risks. Sometimes we just go about our activities, like driving a car or buying food in a cafe, with a barely conscious sense of trust that everything is going to be all right. To live is to risk. So with that in mind, let's turn our attention to the idea of dignity of risk. Many of our choices, certainly the really important ones, involve risk. Starting a course of studies, entering a new relationship, pursuing a career, speaking some long unspoken truth. Any and all of these choices involve risk. They could result in gain or loss, satisfaction or disappointment, validation or a loss of face. Choices that involve this level of risk call on a range of qualities – courage, commitment, vision, and a sense of personal integrity. Any and all of these qualities add up to personal dignity – that overall sense of being true to yourself in the world. And those qualities, that sense of dignity, come to the fore precisely because risks have been faced in the course of achieving a goal. We recognise dignity and integrity in a person when we hear them say, This matters so much, I'm prepared to pay the cost. I'm prepared to face and take the risk. What do we hear when we hear someone say such a thing? We hear conviction passion, determination, resolution, strength. We catch sight of the moral fibre of the person, who they really are, what they're really made of. But still, it's a challenge to support somebody who's making a decision that involves risk. It's particularly challenging if we tend to see the person we're supporting as fragile or vulnerable, prone to injury, and if we see our support role as being mainly focused on protecting that person. Protective instincts can run deep, particularly for parents, and there can be good reason 
behind those protective instincts, particularly if past experience that involved some degree of risk has led to injuries of one kind or another. The instinct to avoid risk is understandable, but it doesn't always meet the best interests of the person we're supporting. How do we support someone who's making a decision that involves risk? We start with those key supportive decision-making questions. Has the person asked for support in making this decision? And what kind of support have they requested? Let's say they've asked you for some general advice in thinking through a decision that they're making where at least one choice involves risk. Now you may well have a strong opinion, but you've been working on your supportive decision-making skills and you've parked that opinion to the side for now. You know that bowling in and telling the person what to do isn't the best option. It's that person's life, it's their decision, and that's something to be respected. So where do you begin? Often a good starting place is one of interested inquiry. Tell me about this decision. Tell me about the options. Which way are you leaning? What pros and cons can you see? Here, support is about opening a conversation and stepping back so the decision-maker can share whatever thoughts, feelings and insights they want to share. Your interested inquiry creates a space for the decision-maker to think out loud. They can hear themselves weigh up the pros and cons and possibly register more clearly how they really feel about the choices. Sometimes it's helpful for a supporter to mirror back what they observe. I noticed when you were talking about making that choice, you looked really happy. But when you were talking about the other choice, you looked a bit worried. Does that sound right? Would you like to talk about what you're feeling about those choices? The decision-maker may identify risks off their own bat. That might be an opening for unpacking the implications of the choice a bit more, realistically looking at the risk involved, the likelihood of a bad outcome happening compared with the likelihood of a good outcome happening. Does the possible positive benefit outweigh the risk of the bad outcome? What measures can be put in place to mitigate or lessen the likelihood of the risk. Here, support is a process of exploring through questions, listening and reflecting back and informing in terms of mapping out the likely implications of choices. Depending on the conversation and the nature of your relationship with the decision maker, there may be a point where it's appropriate to directly express the concerns you have about a particular choice. This is probably most pertinent if the risk you see has not been brought up and thought about by the decision maker. Ensuring that risks have been addressed, thought through and 
that ways of minimising the risk have been thought through are an important part of duty of care, particularly if you're in a professional role in relationship with a person you're supporting. I'm worried if you make this choice, then there could be this bad outcome. Is it okay if we talk about that a little bit more? Concern should be raised in a way that maintains respect for the decision maker, checking in if the person has considered that risk and the consequences if things go wrong. An important part of decision making is thinking through how it might be if the different range of outcomes from a choice happen. It's all part of the process of weighing up choices. And as someone supporting a decision maker, part of your support may include modelling that process of thinking through outcomes and weighing up choices. Other helpful input might include opening a conversation about how a choice might be remodelled or readjusted in order to achieve the same desired outcome, but with less risk. We all have experience in thinking about choices that have possibly left other people shaking their heads, but this is also part of most people's life experience, considering and choosing options that other people find worrying making choices that might be far from the best choices. The right to make decisions includes the right to make bad decisions. As a supporter of a decision maker, you can voice your concern, maybe highlight the benefits of alternate choices, map out the possible implications of the bad decision, and certainly help the person think through and plan ways of minimising the risk. But in the end, the decision-maker makes the decision. Thank you for deciding to listen to this podcast. I hope you decide to come back again.